What is up, Kangaroo Chasers? And it's that time of year when we take a break from talking International Rugby League and we have that one episode that gets us ready for the NRL season. We are here in the Bloke Studios and I am pumped. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 106 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. We are here in the bloke studios because I'm sitting across from the legend himself, the bloke himself, <laughs> the people's beak, Mr. Den and Kent. How are you, man? Mate, thank you so much for having me come, ha- having me on this podcast. That intro, the intro's got me rattled, mate. It was so professional. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'll try my best. You've got a good intro yourself on your pod and I was wondering <laughs> if you could give me a little bit of let's get straight into it, baby. <laughs> oh, my, maybe next time. Maybe, <laughs> maybe next, next time. time. Right, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. We'll try next time. <laughs> but man, just to give you a little bit of a sense for what we're about, because I know you, mm. know you said you've seen us on social media, but not sure if you listened before. And that's mm. cool. That's mm. totally cool, man. Yeah, that's right. But we do talk International Rugby League, mm. so it's not necessarily NRL chat every single week. Mm. We do talk a little bit of expansion here and there or little stories as they pop up. But when you guys are talking about the great rivalry between the Roosters and the Rabbitohs, we're mm. talking about the great rivalry in Serbian rugby league, okay. which is Red Star and Partisan Belgrade. No when way. You're talking about, when you're talking about uh, Corey Norman getting into a bit of a scuffle, mm. we're talking about the Greek clubs that have to play after midnight so that the cops don't shut the game mm. down. Wow. So different stories, completely yeah. different. Um, and yeah, just trying to do something a little bit unique. So, man, thank you for being a part of it. That's all right. I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. And I think it's really cool that like it's such a – you know, hopefully it grows, but such a niche kind of topic, you know, where it's it still has its supporters, obviously, International Rugby League, but it's not as big as it should be. It's not as big as uh, International Rugby Union, that's for sure. Yeah, 100%, man. I'm glad you said it's not as big as it should be because there's potential there. Mm. Uh, we see that. I know you do as well. You know, you've played for the Warriors. You've seen what rugby league looks like outside of Australia, mm. and I think that's awesome. Um, we do talk, we do have an NRL uh, episode every season and the way it works is we get our listeners to ask questions because they've got a year's worth of stuff that they want to ask us about okay. uh, and that's why you're here, man. Oh, so that's sweet. We can get cracking. Um, I just want to start with, uh, it's not really a question, but Sammy from Paris because he listens to us, he listens to you as well. Yeah. So tell Dan and I received his merch. Oh, uh, so, really? Yeah, Fuck, he received yeah, his merch yeah. from Paris, which is awesome. Was it the right stuff, hopefully? Hopefully Hope so. it was all Look, good. I'm sure he's fine with it. It was a New mm. South Wales bloke. Yeah, okay. Shirts. Mate, thank you so much for grabbing that. Like, yeah, I really do appreciate it. Everyone that buys a merch, it's um, it's the only reason why we can deliver such good content is because people support us. That's straight up and down the the facts of it. So I really do appreciate it, bro. Hundred percent, man. And he did say it is ten a.m. in Paris, but he's slightly aroused to hear you're going to be on chasing kangaroos. So that's awesome. I mean, uh, arousal is a universal <laughs> thing, time wise and also country and borders. So I'm glad that we're we're both feeling aroused at the arousal same time. Arousal knows no boundaries. That's yeah, 100% absolutely. For sure. It's it's a universal language for uh, excitement. Mate, tell me about Bloke because I've been following you since um, the shed. What was it? The, the locker room. The locker room, yep. right? And I've seen you sort of trying to negotiate around the podcast and how it works and all that sort of thing mm. to becoming probably the biggest 
personal brand in the rugby league sort of world mm. at the moment. Yeah. Um, you're probably more famous now with Bloke in a Bar than you were when you played footy. Mm. Talk to us about that. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's really, it's, <laughs> it's just weird, you know, to think that, you know, more people would, I guess, appreciate. It's weird for me personally because I was always known to myself as an athlete, yeah. you know, like I wasn't considered, don't get me wrong, like I didn't struggle at school or anything. Like I went to university and all that and my brother and sisters and that did really well at school. Yeah. But in my head, I was just like, I'm an athlete. That's what I identified as. So yeah. like to be, obviously I'm still talking about sport and I'm still in the area of sport, but to be appreciated for, you know, content creation and, you know, I guess contributing to the game somewhat, it's just, yeah, it's bizarre. It's also bizarre that, you know, without sounding like a dick, that that like I'm bigger than some current players. Like yeah. that's weird to me. Like, I, yeah. like whereas... I feel like as if I should be bigger than the players. They're the boys yeah. out there doing it. I'm just fucking some yeah. to get on a mic talking shit. Um, but yeah, it just the crazy. It just keeps building. It the, keeps building. The best thing about what you're doing is you're showing players that there's more to life than footy, and mm. footy's a big part of it, and that's great, and that's why you have your platform. Mm. You still speak to the boys, and you're able to get them on, and all that sort of thing. So that's how you're able to grow your brand. Mm. But I'm sure, like that whole mental thing that happens after you retire must be absolutely massive. It's not something that I could understand because my career, I don't play footy. Mm. My career lasts as long as I want it to. Mm. Uh, whereas when you're an athlete, it's different. There is, there is a time limit, uh, but you're showing the boys that, hey, if you can get some social media behind you, if you get some business now behind you, if you can network, use the networks that you're building while you're playing footy, then there's, there's a, possibly a better life for you after football. Oh, easily. There's, uh, you, you don't realize it when you're playing sport, but to make real money, you need to be running a business. You need to own something that generates wealth. And a lot of players don't get taught. A lot of people don't get taught this. You know, yeah. we all go through school. We don't talk. We don't. We don't ever be ever taught like trading labor for um, money. We don't ever get taught about you know creating something that you own. Yeah. We don't ever get talked about how you know how do you set a company up. You know what is a director. You know if I have four directors, but only they're directors, but you know I own majority. Do they get the same say I do? Yeah. Yes, yeah. they do. But no one. Everyone just thinks oh because you own majority, you get the you know you get to say whatever goes goes so um there is so much business information that it's funny because the first time i was i guess put in front of me that we aren't as important as we think we are yeah because uh, when you're younger you just think that you're going to live forever you think yeah. you're immortal you think that footy is going to go forever you just don't think about the future that much yeah. not, you don't think it's going forever but you think like you're just not thinking so 10 years is so far away. You don't it's, think it's it, going to it stop. It doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the first time when we had, I think, called the Thoroughbreds and they're a Broncos, um, a group of men that help support the younger players and, and the older players and kind of mentor them. Yeah. And so, like, their net worths were all like, fuck, like 100 million, 500 million, a billion. Wow. And they didn't, like, they didn't help us with money or anything or give us money or whatever. It was more trying to mentor these young guys to go, guys, like, this is um, – you know, this is the way you can do this thing in business yeah. or this thing and this is who you speak to about that and rah, rah. And they had, we had a meeting and they go, guys, just, we just want to let you know that we're all sitting down as all the guys in front of us. And again, in that room alone, they, it was probably like $2 billion worth of wealth. And they just said, guys, look, we just want to let you know, if you ever get ahead of yourself, use aren't as special as you think you are. Yeah. We could buy this club and <laughs> sack every single one of yeah. you if we wanted to. Yeah, well. And I was like, wow, like. The power isn't in the player. The yeah. power is in the people that own the club that the players play for. Yeah. And I was pretty young when I kind of had that realization. But we don't get taught – like a lot of players don't get taught that they can use their profile to build something they own to generate wealth. And, yeah. um, and the wealth that they can generate 
is astronomically bigger than Believe. what they earn yeah. in footy. Like yeah. it's peanuts compared to, for example, let's say you took a Greg Inglis and let's say Greg Inglis was like business savvy towards the end of his career. Yeah. Let's say he had his own business and he got someone else to run it. He could be worth 50 mil. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. And, and it could just keep revenue. And like, so, and like, so you think, wow, he's a million dollar contract that only lasts for fucking four years. Yeah. Is nothing like what's the, it's yeah. it's almost it's almost chump change to what he could have earned if he was educated. I mean, maybe he was educated correctly. I'm not sure. I'm not saying he is yeah. or isn't. What I am saying is is that the possibility is there. And in my personal experience, we didn't really get taught that much about business and and how to create wealth and everything like that. So I think it's changing a yeah. lot. But I do think that there are millions and millions of dollars being left on the table by a lot of players that. We're seeing it more. I think a lot of um, like Cam Munster and all, all the boys, Kalen Ponga, yeah. um, a few other ex-players, like they've kind of seen what I've managed to do and that's gone, oh, shit, like, oh, we can do that. Like we aren't just fucking dumb footy players. So do the boys ask you for advice? You must be, they must be reaching out to you all the time. Yeah, sometimes. Like like sometimes they do, but it's also a lot of them are, are nervous. To, they don't yeah. want to be the dick that's like, hey, bro, can you give us some advice? But <laughs> like I, I try as much to reach out to them and let them know if yeah, there's good. anything I can help with, please, please let me know because – you know, as I said, like I, I say to every player that comes on the podcast pretty much, I say imagine there was a company or I say every Friday night or let's say every weekend or Friday night, there's 50, let's say there's 20 companies that together pay $2 million for that ad, that yeah. ad space of, a, of an yeah. NRL match, yeah. 80 minutes and all together it's $2 million of revenue that's generated for the ad space. That includes Fox Sports ads, NRL, uh, sorry, Nines ads, the game ads. Let's just say it's $2 million. Yeah. Imagine if you went to a company and you said to that company, we'll give you that same exposure. Matter of fact, we'll give you more minutes exposure because the players on there for actually, you know, 40 and 40, yeah. whereas the ad's only fucking, you know, two seconds or whatever. We'll give you that for free for the next 10 years. Yeah. Imagine how big that business would be. Yeah. And a lot of players don't understand that they are that business. 100%. And so they don't actually, not that they should go out and do something fucking stupid, to, to, but what I am saying is, is, they're getting that weekly exposure that's worth millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Why not benefit from that and and build something? And the players are brands now, so Absolutely. like more more than ever, and it's probably because of American culture. Mm. But you know, wherever Cam Munster plays, people are going to follow him around. Wherever Kalen Ponga plays, people are going to follow him around. Mm. It's not necessarily the Knights jersey or the Storm jersey that the younger generation are following now. So things are changing, and that's something that's it's hard for me to understand that because I'm a Dragons fan. I was born a Dragons fan. I'll die a Dragons fan. Mm. Um, but so to, to comprehend that, like following players around is a weird concept to me, but I am seeing it more and more I with think younger guys. social media has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Because you follow the player, you don't follow the, the yeah. club. Yeah. And so if I'm seeing Kim Munster every day, I fall in love with him. Yeah. I don't, like the club is great. Yeah. But he's who I'm following. Whereas when I was coming through, the, the you only saw me in a Broncos kit. Yeah. Being in an interview yeah. with the Broncos. That's it. So everything was funneled through the Broncos, even, even subconsciously. Broncos logo in the background. Whereas here you go, oh, this is a human being that exists externally from yeah. the, you know, the, the footy brand. And you said it before, you were in a room with a bunch of guys that had $2 billion worth Roughly, I mean, together, right? it was a lot. It Let's could have been say, three. Yeah, it could have been 10. Maybe less, right? I don't know. It could have been it was less. a fucking lot. But no, people don't get those opportunities every day. But no, through no footy, way. you had that opportunity. And maybe a lot of guys weren't taking it back then. But you, you could tap into that knowledge or that network whenever you like. They weren't going to hand you money, but you could probably ask them for Absolutely. advice and do things like that. There was a guy... Um, Tony Scanlon, I think his, his name is, and this is years ago. But when I started the podcast, even though like nothing came of it, I, yeah. he still let me give him a call and just speak to him and be like, "Hey, mate, like, yeah. you know, what's this that?" And he, he was he just you know gave me his thoughts. 
Um, so Scanner, he was a legend. That was after I retired. So like, yeah. it's, it, I wasn't even playing anymore, and these guys are still willing to help us. Another guy, and it's kind of through footy, but a guy like Mark Boris, like I would yeah. never have access to him um, unless I was doing this content, but also unless I was an ex footy player. Yeah. And so for he, you know, he he has said to me as well, like you know, if you ever need help or whatever, please, I'm I'm I'm, I'm here to have a chat about, and yeah. that alone is worth, you know. Because fucking whatever, infinite. That's worth infinite but because they, they done see it. they see the value in you. Mm. They know they're not going to ask you for something in return, but they know that down the track, if they need something, you're going to be there for them as well. Mm. It works both ways, and as your brand grows, it's great for them. I don't know what I could give Mark Boris, but probably beer, <laughs> plenty of beer. <laughs> yeah, I give him plenty of beer. <laughs> but it's it's more just like these guys that are are living in a world that we could never fathom because he's achieved something that yeah. I've never I've never achieved. Willing to give time is that the value in that is is pretty much infinite because like what you can do with that value and the lessons that he can teach you yeah. is massive, massive. He, he probably could have been a footy player too, Mark. I Boris, reckon he would have been. Day. I reckon he would have been. He does a bit of boxing now too. Does he? He's he'd he's, be fit as man. His like, story is incredible. Yeah. Like you know, for him to he had I think he'd just either gone through a divorce, but he had he was about thirty years old. He had some kids. And to risk everything whilst yeah. having kids in that, and to do what he did, sell ended up selling his country for like company for like five hundred million or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like he came from absolutely nothing. Have you had him on your pod? I, I'm actually getting him, trying to get him on, like to do a footy pod. So still focused around footy to get him to like help review the, the weekend's games and that. Oh, that would be great. He um, would love that because it's different for him, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I want to get him on to do that. It's just a matter of organizing it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've been on his twice, and and again, he's. I'm not a big like. Like, I'm not a big, like, for example, a lot of people are like, oh, Gary V this or Gary yeah, V that. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I'm just like, I've listened to him before. Yeah. But to me, it's just, I'd rather be, I want to see the the reality of it. And what I love about Boris is, like, I can see him, talk to him. Yeah. He's from the same kind of place as I am, you yeah. know, an Aussie kid with not much money yeah. and a battler. Yeah. And I can talk. So, that's why I respect someone like that a lot more than, say, Gary V. Don't get me wrong. I respect the Gary V. Yeah. But but the culture is so different. I, I struggle to really connect with him. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and so I really do admire a guy like Boris and the fact that he's willing to start his own show, help yeah. help entrepreneurs. It's um, he loves the small business community. I love that. He doesn't and have to do that. But that's his roots. You know, he's yeah. a he's a wog from the west. Yeah, and he just he, that's you know he came up and Absolutely. he wants to help other people come up. But what's as well. so impressive is. He he probably actually lo- he no he definitely he loses money doing that yeah because he's he's an hour of Mark Boris's time or two hours of time is like it, if he was to charge an hourly rate he could charge like two grand an hour yeah and yet he's on there doing shows to help small businesses for free and I think like that's a charity like he's you know what I mean like he's basically giving his time away yeah in a in a kind of charity way and I. And I, yeah, I've just got so much respect for it. But it's brand as well. You don't have to come on my podcast, but mm. you're here because you want to help and mm. you know that maybe one day there'll be more Sammies from Paris. Like 50% of our audience is overseas. Oh, really? Right? So, I'm, do you even sell bloke beer anywhere other than Australia? No, I just come on the podcast, bro, because you're doing your thing and I want to help out. Like, I love it, man. It. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into some questions because I know you, I don't want to take too much of your time, but first question comes from Big T. He's mm. my, normally my co-host, absolutely spewing he couldn't meet you because yeah. he drinks bloke beer every weekend. Okay. Um, Thank so you for that. He had a bit of, I'm going to try, guys, listeners, listeners listen to this, whether you're walking the, walking the dog or in the car or whatever. <laughs> Big T, uh, imagine Big T's sexy podcast voice saying this, okay? So he says, I've given up on Maltese. But when I was still chasing them, I had one incredible night. I was sick of watching them all weekend. So chasing my first ever multi-win, chucked five legs on the NRL on Thursday and Friday games. Most were rough except the Broncos versus Para. Four <laughs> legs had come off and I just needed Broncos to cruise through Para. 
The game was an absolute heart attack. But then, I'm sure you know the game I'm talking about. The siren goes, scrappy pass from dummy half. Lockyer picks up the dribbling ball and from a standing start surveys a vast expanse of rugby league grass. Pinpoint kicks over to the people's beak. Kemp runs like a man knowing a thousand multis are riding on him and I ride him home like Teddy in Origin as he scores a match winger. Oh, winner. Fuck, that's a great memory. <laughs> so question, when you refer to just believing you could win when you had Lockie in your side, mm. is that the memory you're thinking of or is there others? Um, yeah, it's more just a, a general feeling. When I, when I say believing you win, I just, I just remember looking across and seeing Lockie, you know, and it's just kind of safety net. Um, but like that moment, it, I just, I feel so humbled that I got to have that moment with the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Like yeah. that people even associate my name with yeah. Darren Lockyer. Like yeah. that's, in, especially, you know, for me personally, like I didn't play rugby league growing up. Was, yeah. uh, that was like my third year of rugby, like what? Well, yeah, third year of rugby league pretty much um, or two, two and a half years in or whatever. So to, to be able to do something that kids that play all their lives, like there's, there's thousands of elite kids that yeah. had contracts with clubs yeah. that – didn't even make in the NRL. And then, there's, yeah. and then there's another thousand kids that, or, you know, X amount, 200 kids that made NRL, but they didn't get to have that moment. Um, and so, yeah, that finish was like, it's every kid's dream in the backyard, you know, yeah. you're commentating yourself, 10 seconds to go, rah, yeah. rah. And so I just, <laughs> I just feel so humbled that, you know, whatever I did right to deserve that moment, I don't know, but it's just an incredibly humbling moment. And it's something that, it doesn't seem real, but I'll be forever grateful for. That's awesome, man. You touched on something there. You didn't play footy till you were like, what, 16, 17? Yeah, 17. Yeah. So, oh, you, like as in, yeah, well, 17. Yeah. Did you know rugby league? Did you ever hold a steed in your hands Not or were you just really. a soccer kid? Like, I mean, like I had the odd game here and there, like growing up mucking around with mates, yeah. but like not in, like every, I played more badminton than I played rugby league. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? So like what I'm saying is, is like, you know, you might have, I might have picked up the ball like in year six. I played a few games and I made this rep side, the South Coast or whatever. Yeah. And then I played a few games there. And then like after it, I was like, nah, I don't like that. I like, like I was state champion for running at the time, but also I was in soccer. And then after that, like literally played pretty much zero games for probably 10 years. And yeah. then, then played a few games, just muck around with mates. But as I said, like I played more games of badminton or handball or, you know, touch footy or yeah. not even t- I didn't even play that much touch footy but just it was such a, it was the only time I played rugby league was just mucking around with my mates yeah there was no like club footy or anything like that so um, you're telling me you played NRL you could have played for the Queensland Raw the Brisbane Raw and mm. you could have won a gold medal in bad- badminton is that what you're telling me uh, it's exactly what I'm telling you that's where that is exactly what I'm telling <laughs> but, you that the, the world was robbed of a badminton great by the Brisbane Broncos mate um it, and your story is a good one because we get a lot of questions. We talk international footy, right? Mm. So we get a lot of questions like, can we get American-born rugby league players over here? Uh, can we get West African rugby league players over here? Mm. The, the, the answer is we can. Like an athlete is an athlete at the end mm. of the day. And we, like you, you're, you're a proof of that. Like you grew up playing soccer, 17 started playing footy, and mm. you're in the NRL. Mm. Um, there's a guy named Joe Eichner. He plays for the Northern Pride in Queensland Cup. Okay. Born in Jacksonville. Okay, he played for the Jackson, uh, Jacksonville side in the USARL. They won a grand final, came over with the US for the World Cup in 2017, stayed there, stayed oh, in really? North Queensland, right? Wow, Ended up playing like third division, played for the Pride, not last season because of COVID, but mm. the season before, and he's back there again. So this is a guy that really picked up, like he played NFL or American football, gridiron, his whole life, mm. played a bit of rugby. He found rugby union um, when he was in university, mm. found rugby league, and here he is, 
a level below NRL. Mm. So it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any feelings or thoughts about where we can be getting talented athletes from? Oh, I mean, we could get talented athletes from from everywhere. I guess the, the toughest thing with rugby league that's so unique is that um, it's such a physical game yeah. and we're so desensitized to yeah. thinking it's normal. Yeah. But in reality, like if you took rugby league to another country and said, this is going to be your national sport, they yeah. would be like, this is violent. Yeah. These men are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like it's normal for us to go out and just, you know, for example, when you say, if someone says I'm an MMA fighter, everyone's like, wow, that's yeah. a fucking crazy guy. Like yeah. that's a crazy, it, universal, yeah. they've got that immediate respect of like, wow, he's a crazy tough guy. Whereas rugby league for us, it's so desensitized yeah. that we, it's a part of our culture. So the hardest thing is, is getting like guys over here and just getting used to the physicality of it yeah. and just be going, you know, expecting each week they're going to walk off the field feeling like you've been in a fight. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the, the athleticism isn't the issue. It's the, that the tough side of it that's that's the issue. You know, it's like it's why MMA you know doesn't have. It's why MMA isn't the American sport because yeah. who wants to get in the ring and get bashed? Like, I don't, man. Exactly, I don't. <laughs> most people don't either. You know, and so it's like with footy, who wants to play rugby league? Like, you know, you're guaranteed to be hurt by the end of the game. Pretty much, you're guaranteed to have a concussion. Pretty much, like so, it's a tough game. That's the hardest bit is the toughness of it. Not to say like. You know, NFL isn't tough or whatever. NFL absolutely is tough. But I think that the toughness, the tough thing with rugby league is not necessarily the hits. It's the 80 minutes. It's the fatigue and hits. It's the, you know, not only do you have to be explosive, but you've got to be extremely fit as well. Yeah. So that's the biggest hurdle, I think, for bringing talent in. Crazy sport, man. Well, what Jack Jack Henchy wants to know, what's the best way for the uh, to make the NRL from an overseas market. Is there a pathway or is it just too hard? Yeah, that's so hard. Like if you knew the answer, you'd bloody, you'd put it together. Um, To be honest, the best way is, I guess, utilizing social media is is utilizing, it's, you know, you look at the way UFC grew and take a lot from that. Like that, the the reason why UFC grew so quickly is because it's such a good um, kind of, package for this generation of of sports consumers like they want action yeah, you know yeah. they want to see a quick like i can see a quick clip it's why the nba is doing so well yeah, and it's yeah. because like they let anyone use their content yeah and you can just consume it like i have a semi idea of what's going on in the nba and i've never watched a full game in my life yeah yeah do you know what i mean yeah, yeah like i know like i know it sounds crazy but we i know lebron's at the lakers and i know i think it's golden state that the the the, the, the b side and I don't care at all about NBA, but because their content is so good, yeah. I know a little bit about it. Yeah. And I think a lot of the key to expansion is making your content so good, you know, making your content consumable for this next generation of fans and ingra- ingratiating yourself with that next generation of fans so that when they're 30 and they have disposable income yeah. or, or they have kids or whatever, they put their kids into that sport. You can't be what you can't see. Exactly. Right. So, and one issue that I have is the NRL, uh, watch NRL app. They charge hundreds of dollars for it mm. to overseas markets to people that don't know what the fuck rugby league is. Oh, it should be free. It should be free, right? Yeah. It's a drug. You got to give them a free hit, and then if they like it later on, maybe there's opportunities well, to do like, something. Like you, the money they're making from charging that would be so little, it's not worth the people they turn away. Yeah. Um. You know, outside of Australia and New Zealand, um, you know, even even like PNG and that it should probably be free there just because they can't afford. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But outside of that, look, I don't know the, the ins and outs, but it should be as frictionless as possible yeah. to consume rugby league content on the international scale. 
We um we sponsor the Brazilian rugby league team, men's mm. and women's. So we'll be at the World Cup with them at the end of the yep. year, right? As in so the as in with your company you work chasing for? kangaroos. Okay, yeah, yeah. or chasingroos dot com. Okay, sorry. Yep. So now a couple of weeks ago, we're out at the Brazil versus Uruguay game, right? Yep. Brazil won sixteen. It was in Sydney, right? Now usually with games like that, Latin nations playing in Sydney or Queensland or whatever, it's um it's heritage based guys. Like Brazil have a competition in Brazil, eight mm. clubs, nine clubs, men's and women's. That's crazy. Insane. But they obviously, because of COVID, they couldn't get any internationals up. They asked their Aussie guys to, yeah. to play. The Brazilian Aussie team, most of the players were born in Brazil. Oh, wow. There are guys that moved over here three, four years ago. They played top flight rugby union in Brazil. Whatever the level that is, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Like, it's not super rugby, right? Yeah. But they'll play in rugby union. People, the rugby community in Brazil know who they are. Mm. They were in this Brazilian side that played Uruguay. They won 60 to nil last week. Mm. And I'm telling you, if these Brazilians could see rugby league and what it was, because they come over here to play rugby union, they discover this other rugby mm. and go, this is mad. Mm. I want to play this. And you should see, man, the swag that these Brazil- Brazilian yeah. guys have. We interviewed a guy after the game and we said, man, have you got a, have you got a message for the people back home mm. to let them know about the local domestic competition in Brazil? And the guy goes, oh, can I say in Portuguese? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, man. And he just, he just gave them a message in Portuguese. I've like, mm. watched rugby league. It's the best game in the world. Yeah. And I'm telling you, if some of these these guys are like, if some of these guys or one of, at least one of these guys made it to the NRL, mm. our female like our viewers would skyrocket, and some of the men would get aroused. As well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, they yeah, are no, sexy I hope guys. Most of the men will get aroused. Mate, it's but it's incredible, right? So yep. I think you can't be what you can't see, and we need visibility there. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's it's so tough. Like the game is like run. It's just financially there's just like no money you know like yeah. you know clubs are just losing money yeah. dramatically like they get propped up by the nrl constantly like we made a profit last not last year but the year before we yeah. made a profit um but clubs just lose so much money yeah. and like i, I don't want to say they're poorly run because i don't know the ins and outs of it but how do we turn it around because that's that's, I mean. it's, it's true like it's true the nrl needs to look after their own backyard it's yeah. not the nrl's problem to yeah. grow international rugby league but is there anything they can do like how do we turn that around well, I think that I think the NRL like still should look to do it. I think the NBA, uh, like kind of like the NBA, still kind of like puts money into you know growing um, internationally. But it's such a complex issue. I, if I was the NRL, I would be focusing heavily on getting PNG sides, Samoa sides, yeah. Tonga sides. I would fo- focus on the Oceania first, yeah, uh, because obviously we've got a bigger base there. Yeah. We've got Union there, which we could take a lot of players from the Union um, and then expand, yeah. But again, it's it's just the the cost the costing of it and the fact that clubs are just all losing money. Like you know, whereas you look at a, you know, you look at a club like you look at the the EPL. Like a lot of yeah. those players in soccer, a lot of those clubs they make a lot of money. And yeah. I know it's a different market, but yeah. they're the international brand. So it's it's a tough one, man. You know, yeah. do, is it is it the do you go the expansion first and hope the money comes, or do you take, get the money first yeah. and then try to expand? I, I'm not sure what the answer is. It's 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 interesting, and it looks like they are going the Pacific route. Look at the Cavite Silk Tales in Ron Massey. Mm. There's like ex rugby union players signing for the Roosters because mm. of that pathway. Yep. PNG Hunters in Queensland Cup. Yep. Pacific Trez hopefully coming into Queensland Cup as well. So that's happening. I feel like we're going to try conquer the Pacific and then go to Africa or go to the States or something like that. Yeah, or, I think so. Who knows? Um, Ollie. On rugby league, in my opinion, he wants to know which non-Aussie player will have the biggest year in the NRL this year. Non-Aussie player. I mean, <laughs> what what's the definition of a non-Aussie player? Like, is it someone with Samoan heritage? Great or question, Tom, man. You know? I'll leave that. Whatever you think, man. Is um, it Tamalolo? Is it? Um, I mean, oh, it's tough because like Tamalolo is Aussie. I know he plays for Tonga, but he grew up here. Um, non-Aussie player. 
Oh, there's so many. It's like 60% that are Polynesian with heritage. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd, I wish you had to give me a definition so that I Let's could... Let's go someone that wasn't born in Australia. That wasn't born in yeah. Australia. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm forgetting his name, but the guy from the Warriors that play, he's only played a bit... Um, What's his name again? He played a few games last year and he's only played a bit from, like he played Union his whole life and he yeah. had just come across. Um, I think he's going to have a fantastic year. He's a wide running forward. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. It's not Katoa, I don't think, but. Um, That's right. We'll get the Google machines out, listeners. Yeah, and we'll get see the, who that is. Get the, get the Google machine out. Actually, I'll just fucking Google it now. <laughs> I reckon while you're doing that, I reckon. It was Dylan Brown born in New Zealand or is he. Was I he think a, he was born in New Zealand, yeah. Is that Dylan Brown? I just have a feeling he's going to have an awesome season. Well, this he year. was my breakout star last year, but he bloody got injured, Ben. He was oh, on, did he? on the way to, you know. Um, you know, having a breakout year, but he got injured halfway through the year. I mean, there's all the English boys. Justin Ollum's one that I absolutely love because he came out of nowhere from from the Hunters side. Yeah. Got oh, into actually, the, that's a good one. Yeah, got into Ollum. the Storm system. And, man, you get into that Storm system and you're an athlete. You're going to make it. Um, Elisa Katoa. Oh, sorry, oh nice. You're right with wrong. Katoa. Sorry? You're right. You said Katoa. Yeah, it was Katoa. So he's only played like a bit of rugby league, so I think he's going to be much better for it. Um, but, yeah, I, I like... Um, Olam as well. I thought he was one of the most underrated centers in last year's the competition. 100%. He was in he was top three centers in the game last year. I agree, man. Absolute beast, man. Alex Chan- Chandler wants to know: you get a free pass to change something unchallenged by the NRL administration. What would you change about the NRL? Um, about the NRL, or oh, well, I mean, I know I'm biased, but I would change the the content thing. Yeah, let let Easy. anyone use any content. You know, let yeah. let you know or. Put a limit on it. You can only use 30 seconds or whatever. As long as you're not streaming full games, yeah. um, that's absolutely the first thing I would change. You, yeah. you, you do not – Fox and Nine do not lose money yeah. if a kid is showing a highlights package 100%. of a player. Yeah. They actually make money. They do. Because you keep a, a generation engaged with the game. Let's go back to the Brazil story. Rugby League started in Brazil in like 2013. Mm. Do you know how? No. Of course. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Help, you know. <laughs> but so – some two brothers that were playing rugby union were doing research on Sonny Bill Williams, mm. found content of him playing for the doggies yep. and thought, hold on, this is a little bit different. Mm. They started rugby league in Brazil and that's where it began, right? Mate, it's just, just a different generation. And like what, like what frustrates me is that, that these networks, I think, they're, you know, well, they're going to watch that instead of watching our stuff. Yeah. But you make your money off the games, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the highlights packages like – no one, you don't even put any up, you and know. If the networks are worried about a kid having social media content, they need to up their game in social media. Well, yeah, but it's also like they're worried about people like me, you know. Yeah. Like if, if if I could use fucking footage, yeah, like it's game over. Like, yeah. but um, <laughs> I love the confidence, bro. But we're, uh, we're, it's already, true, we're already bigger than Fox yeah. League and yeah. NRL uh, yeah. on nine on yeah. social media. Like yeah. we're the number one, we're the number one sports social media in the country. We're ahead of NRL. We're ahead of uh, AFL. We're ahead of Fox League. Um, NRL on nine. The only people that beat us uh, is cricket.com.au yeah. and that's because obviously cricket, billion people in India or whatever. Are you bigger than NRL Roast? Because he's pretty big. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. You're bigger than Roasty? Yeah. yeah. And um, Damien Roach wants to know, if you could appoint any former or current NRL player to be an international rugby league ambassador, who would it be and why? I told um, you to get different questions, man. That you, yeah, than probably, what you probably... Um, <laughs> Probably Cam Murray, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Like, great guy, obviously the good-looking side, but he's a, he's a perfect ambassador. Doesn't do anything wrong. Incredible player. Plays tough. Um, universally loved. So, it's probably someone like Cam Murray. Love it, man. We'll go to some easy ones that you're used to getting asked. 
origin predictions. I know what you're going to say already, but who's who's got it? Uh, well, I hope Queensland, really. Yeah. <laughs> Are you happy that it's we're back to mid-season origin? Or did you yeah, like absolutely. the end of the year? I, yeah? did, I didn't like the end of the season. I mean, it was good we got it. I was stoked and very grateful. But um, yeah, mid-season is much better. Boys are peaking in that area, in that time. Um, you know, it creates drama, you know, during the year. But also, like, you want grand final to be the final, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, definitely mid-year. What are your thoughts around, because we have that one origin weekend where there's also Pacific or Oceania Rugby League. What are your thoughts about standalone origin weekends with more international footy? Are you for or against? Well, I've said this for ages. We should be shutting down the NRL for a month and we should be having um, international games. Yeah. We should be having the international games throughout that whole block. Yeah. Um, because A, it gives the international teams more time to play each other. Yeah. It gives them more exposure. Um, but B, like it's, it is kind – I know this is the Australian league. I get yeah. that. Yeah. So, I, you know, we need to focus on us first because it's our league. Yeah. But at the same time, we have so many Polynesians and Indigenous people in the in the NRL now. Yeah, it is kind of unfair to not give them an opportunity to generate some kind of thing for their cultures. Of Meanwhile, the Indigenous people and Australians um, can play for Queensland, and New South Wales. Yeah. You know, how often have we seen guys like Sonny Bill that haven't been able to play Origin? Which is fair. Like I, I personally believe that. It sh- we should keep the tradition. We should keep yeah. if you're from Queensland or you, you, you put your alliance to Queensland, it has to be a to Australia. It can't be Queensland to New Zealand. I know some people disagree, but I just think I'm I think that you would take away the magic of a bit of it. It dilutes you, it. If Benji Marshall's playing for Queensland, it dilutes what Origin's it's, all about. Yeah, it's, it's just silly. not it's not right. It doesn't it doesn't like it's kind of like asking let's say there's a Tongan province. Yeah. You know, and a guy wants to play for the Tongan province and come play for Australia. And you know what I mean? Like, it, he, would, he wouldn't understand the heritage of the yeah. Tongan people. He wouldn't understand what they've gone through, what it means to them. And it's just the same with Queensland, New South Wales. Like, if you haven't grown up with it in Australia, um, you, you just don't understand the tradition yeah. and the heritage. Yeah. So, you, I, I just think sometimes that our heritage doesn't get um, appreciated as much. Whereas, like, if someone was to say, oh, no, nah, Tonga, we should just let everyone play for, you know, the Tongan province or whatever – People are like are you sh- don't yeah. don't you dare disrespect their culture like yeah. that's their culture. Yeah, Origin, um, Origin's unique to our sport. No one really, no other sport really has something yeah. like that. But I do think we we're talking before about how does the NRL generate more money so they can expand. You put New Zealand versus Tonga three three games while Origin's on. I reckon Samoa versus Tonga. I love yeah. that too. And it, Absolutely so you do, huge. They, you go Samoa versus Tonga. You go PNG versus um, Fiji. Fiji yeah, and then maybe New Zealand versus Cook Islands. But you do a massive round robin, four week block. And then any any um, Aussies that don't either don't make the sides or any players that don't make any of the international sides or the Q, uh, the Queensland and New South Wales side, they go back to New South Wales and Q Cup and, you have, and you have a, ma- a magic round with them. Yeah. So you 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 give back to the local footy, the Love tradition. Um, you give the non-Australians an opportunity to grow their own thing. Now, yeah. I understand it's going to generate nowhere near as much as Origin. So I'm not sitting here saying that they should get as much money. But at least give them the chance yeah. to build something. But in time, they can build. Exactly. Who knows what it will Who's, be? Who knows what Samoa versus Tonga yeah. could be in 10 years' time if they have a regular slot? Yeah. Because at the moment, it's kind of like, oh, okay, we'll throw a Samoa and Tonga game yeah. on. Oh, we'll throw on. If they have a regular slot, slot, you know, they and all of those um, non-Australian players, you make it about their their, their heritage and their culture. You, it's kind of like the all-star thing, multiverse yeah. Yeah. for the Indigenous. Yeah. Like you make the week about their their culture. Yeah. Um, I just I just think that the month that we play Origin, no one gives a shit about club footy. No. The standard's terrible. And yeah. I know some people are going to say, well, we should have that, – that's how young guys get an opportunity. 
young guys are going to get an opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's going to happen. Yeah. If they're good enough to play NRL, they'll play NRL. Yeah. And if they don't, then that's just the way it is. Yeah. Like, that's tough luck. Like, I love that, man. Because we're expanding the Pacific. Mm. But you bring those boys back to their New South Wales, Queensland Cup, you could have a mad knockout competition. Absolutely. In country towns. And you're growing, like, the grassroots as well. The quality of the games would be epic. And, but, and you sell it as a magic month. You sell it as a magic month. Love it, man. So, like, you, you get everyone pumped for that month. Like, the bo- and also on top of all that, the boys are still training. They're still staying fit. You know, maybe you go, all right, they get they train Tuesday to Wednesday with their, oh, sorry, Monday to Wednesday with their clubs so they still keep their, you know. Like, there's there'd be ways to make it happen and I just think it would add so much to, because sometimes in an NRL season, you get to like halfway or three quarters in and you're a bit like, uh, games, shitty games or whatever and, it's, and then it starts heating up against in the finals. Yeah. Whereas if you cut this month out. Yeah. It just revitalizes yeah. everything. And then by the end of that month, everyone's going to be like, I just want to get back to club footy. Yeah. And then the viewer is keen again. Yeah. Oh, what has changed? Who, who's worked on their combinations? Yeah. Like who's refreshed? Who's not? Um, you know, so that, yeah, I think that we're just, we're just wasting, yeah. just wasteful games. Yeah. Like they, 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 they add absolutely nothing yeah. to club games in origin, add nothing to the yeah. comp yeah. in my and opinion. It, we've already proven as well last year with COVID, we started the season Great start to the season. We had a break because of COVID. It was yeah. forced. Then we started the season again. Mm. And it was, and it was, sma- it was it, mad. It was, yeah, there's no dramas. So imagine you had half a season, international yeah. window, season part two. Yeah. Now, the only, the only other like knock is basically, well, what about the clubs that, you know, that catch up during the origin yeah. season? But it's like, well. They're not good enough yeah, for the best. Yeah, it is what uh, it is. Yeah. You know, the best teams usually win. Yeah. Have, have we ever had a season where you've gone, they weren't the best team? Yeah. You know, like. For example, even Penrith versus Storm. Like, yes, Penrith went on the 17 run, but can anyone honestly say that they were better than the Melbourne Storm in the finals? Not like, that no, day. No, no way. Well, not even in the finals yeah, they yeah, weren't better. Yeah. Melbourne went out and towed up Raiders the week before. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were red hot. And so there's never been a year where you've been like, oh, the best team didn't win. It's like, no, no, no. The best team usually wins. Question for you. When do you think Melbourne Storm last year being in a resort on the sunny coast with their family mm. during lockdown? Yeah. Was that a hindrance or was that actually the best thing that could have happened for their season? Um, I mean, it's you'll never know really, you know. <laughs> I mean, I think it's tough because it's such a long season. If it was like six weeks, you go, I think it helps. Yeah. But fucking three months yeah. away, you, you actually might get fatigue. It actually may have – it didn't hurt them, but it could hurt them because you just get mental fatigue. Like, I just yeah. want to get out of here. Yeah. I just want to get to my home. I yeah. just want to, you know, be around my family at least, you know. So, yeah. look – I, I'm not sure what that answer is. Like, if, if they could land anywhere, landing where they did is really good um, when it comes to, like, sunny coast, beautiful place. But they couldn't leave the resort. That's yeah. got to do your head in. Yeah, like, that has got to do your head in. I guess after a while, hey, you're right, six weeks with my family and my best mates. Yeah. That would be the best. <laughs> but three months, you'd be doing your head You'd probably in. kill each other. Yeah. Well, that's what Bellamy said. He said, by the end of it, we, we needed to finish. It was getting really, really yeah, bad. Wow. So. Mate, uh, Comrade Cunningham wants to know, expansion. So we're assuming Brisbane 2 is Team 17. Mm. Where should Team 18 be? That's a tough one, man, because, like, again, like, they, like even the Titans, it was only a few years ago where people are going, shit, like, I don't know if they're going to be in the comp in a few years. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe another New Zealand side. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously definitely don't need another one in New South Wales. No. Definitely don't want, need another one in ACT. Yeah. Another one in Melbourne will be silly. Yeah. You know, your only real options, in my opinion, are – New Zealand second side, yeah. 
Um, and then, you know, you look at your Western Australia's, your South Australia's, your, yeah. you know, probably your Western Australia's is probably your smartest option. I yeah. think, I'm pretty sure that's the biggest population. But the travel to get to there is fucking so hectic. Like, yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure, man. Tough one. Yeah. Brisbane too. Mm. You know all the, obviously know the parties involved. Yeah, but yeah. Do you have a preference? I mean, you played, you played for the Dolphins, right? So. Yeah, I only played a little bit. So I've got no, like, I've got no loyalty to them in the sense I didn't grow, I didn't come through the ranks playing for them. I played, like, half a season for them. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think it should be the Dolphins. They have the history. They ha- it's, you know, it's away from the Broncos. They also kind of have a rivalry with the Broncos. Like, yeah. that would immediately start a rivalry. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there was for years the Broncos would steal their players yeah. and rah, rah, and Clydesdales and Redcliffe used to have battles. Yeah. Um, I think it's a no-brainer, and I would be extremely surprised if the Dolphins don't get the the bid. So, if it was Dolphins, would it be Redcliffe Dolphins, or should they be the Brisbane or the Sunny Coast Dolphins? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, that's that's tough, really. Like, I, you, I'm just trying to think. You know, you could call them Redcliffe because uh, Red we call Penrith the Penrith Panthers. Yeah. So the Redcliffe Dolphins are yeah. both suburbs. Yeah. Um, I assume Penrith is a suburb. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, is that like a greater area or something? And then there's suburbs within no, Penrith? Suburb, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, fuck. Um, so I'd assume you'd just call them the Redcliffe Dolphins, really. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, John Christie, listening from Russia, wants to know, based on form, who will the Kangaroos spine be at the World Cup this year? Wow, well, it's a tough one. You'd probably go, go Cleary, Munster, Tedesco. Yeah, mad. Um, yeah, obviously DC doing really well, but I just think it's, that Cleary's time has come. Like, I just yeah. think that... They want to build towards something. DC, he did great in Origin. He's an incredible player. But at what point do you start hurting his development yeah. to keep DC in there? Is, yeah. is he that much better there of a player? Like right now you'd be like, okay, maybe he's a bit of a better leader. Maybe he's yeah. got more experience. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, not, not necessarily a leader, but you, you might say maybe he's got more experience. Yeah. So we'll put him there. But at what point do you go, well, is that experience going to outweigh Cleary is so young. Yeah. Let's get him in as soon as we can. He, yeah. He's had his body's his time. He's proven he can play on the big games. Yes, obviously he had a bad first half in the, the grand final, yeah. but he did win the, the Brad Fittler medal for Origin. Yeah. Um, he's won two Origins. He's been to a grand final. So I just think that, you know, I think it's just a matter of time before Cleary gets that spot. What about dummy half? Dummy half. Yeah, I still, you still go cookie. You go um, cookie? I mean, it just depends. Like Harry Grant was incredible last year, yeah. but you want to see another year of – his footy before he gets that shot. You'd probably take Harry along for the ride. Yeah, Harry would be in the spot, shot, absolutely. Yeah. And then you've got Appy Coruscant there as well. But I would say Cookie would keep his spot. He, sent, he tends to play really well in representative games. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would say Cookie at the moment. But again, we just if, if Grant kills it this year, yeah. then you'd be like, okay, I understand it. He's so incredible that, yeah, sweet. Gun spine either way, man. What oh, a gun. absolutely. Can anyone beat the Aussies at the World Cup? Well, we thought that last year and bloody Tonga beat us. <laughs> Do you do you want like in your mind does Australia does this Australian dominance is it good for international footy or do we need Australia to lose some games? Um, no, we need them to lose again. Like, like if obviously I was cut, they lost to Tonga. But as a footy fan, yeah, it's great. I was cheering they lost to Tonga. Uh, it's so yeah. good. Like, yeah. yeah, don't get me wrong. I absolutely wished Australia won, and I was like, are you fucking like I was upset. Yeah, but if there is a team that I wanted to beat them, like if New Zealand beat them, I'd just be like, whatever. Yeah. For a team to beat them, if it, if it could be Tonga, yeah. you'd be like, well, fuck, how good is that for footy? It gives these other, you know, Samoa, Fiji, PNG, Cook Islands, gives them a sniff, shows how far they can come if they all get together um, and, you know, do what Tonga did. 
What, what's your heritage, man? Like, are you Aussie as far back as you I'm know? Aussie, or? man. Have you got I'm, no European? No, nothing? no. I look, I look wog, but um, Aussie. Um, so where does it start? You like, mate? Honestly, my sisters are blonde haired green eyes. <laughs> wow. Um, my granddad is Chinese. Oh wow. Fucking, yeah, make whatever that you will, but um, yeah. So like, my other great grandparents are like English, Scottish. It's it's weird, bro. It's you could really have played weird. for China, mate, under the exactly. grandparent rule. Exactly. Um, mate, Riley Baharov wants to know who's your underdog or your smoky for this year? Obviously, the Titans is everyone's underdog, but yeah. I think I think the Cowboys could be a big swing team oh, wow. because of Peyton being – Peyton was so good with the Warriors. You'd have to say – like, look how good he did with the Warriors at the end of the year. The, you'd have to say the Cowboys roster is yeah. better than the Warriors. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Really. Like, Michael Morgan, Scott yeah. Drinkwater, Josh McGuire, yeah. McLean, Hami, Hamiso – Kyle Felt, yeah. Valentine Holmes. You know, it's a fucking great roster. Can they take it out? Yeah, oh, I don't know about that. Who, but do, who does? Who ta- oh, well, I think Rabbitohs are Storm. I think Rooster is always going to be a scary yeah. side. Raiders are going to be there. Yeah. I think Roosters, Rabbitohs, um, Storm and Raiders are probably your most likely to really give it a, a good nudge. What about Panthers, man? Like second year syndrome or is well, it like a good thing? You lose one to win one. Yeah, it's just tough because they're so young yeah. and now everyone's going to be out to get them. And also everyone is going to watch that game, uh, the game Storm versus Panthers and yeah. they're going to see that the kick, the main thing you have to focus on with the Panthers is kick pressure on Cleary because yeah. his kicking game is so fucking good. If you can take that away, it's a huge, a huge thing to take away from the yeah, Panthers. Yeah. So I actually think that they don't want to go on a massive winning streak again yeah. this year. I'd rather them battle out around fourth or fifth yeah. and then make that light, late charge because yeah. if you go back and watch their finals footy, it actually wasn't that good. Yeah. Like it really wasn't. They snuck through it. Like the Rabbitohs would have beaten them if they played for an extra 10 minutes. Yeah, if, yeah. if the 40-20 goes out from Reynolds, the Rabbitohs win that game most likely. And this is taking nothing away from the Panthers. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> nothing at all. But – they're so young. The target's on their back now. I still think they're going to be, you know, top four, top five. Yeah. And I still think they could make a late charge and they could win it. They've got the team to win it, but it's going to be a much tougher year than last year. I think they took everyone a bit by surprise last year. What about your team? So you've played for the Broncos, the Dragons and mm. the Warriors, but I assume you're a Broncos yeah, fan. Yeah, Broncos, yeah. Worst season in their history last year. Yeah. What's this year look like? I just think it's another building year. Look, I think so much damage was done with some big calls over the last two years. Yeah. It's going to take a while to, to rebuild. We didn't need to rebuild. Yeah. We were one win away from the minor premiership at the end of 2018. Yeah. Then we, we scraped in the eight with uh, uh, more losses than wins. So that covered up a really bad year for us. Like 2019 was a shocking year for us. But because we made the eight, everyone's like, oh, we're young. Okay, yeah, whatever. But if you actually look at the points differential and the, the fact we lost more games than we won – it was a shocking year for us. If we missed the finals, the impact and the alarm bells would have come on yeah. way sooner. Yeah. Because we made the finals, everyone's like, oh, yeah, sweet. We missed. We made the finals and got beaten by a record amount, 58-0. Yeah. I was against my Dragons, yeah? No, the Eels. Oh, was it, oh it was Eels. What, but coming last last year, like that was would have, you would never have expected that. No way. And it was just some – it wasn't a playing group in my opinion. Like obviously they take responsibility. They're, you know, grown men. But the fact that they moved on so – like – they were one win away from the minor premiership. They came like fourth or fifth in 2018. There was su- it was such a congested year that they were like equal third or whatever with like four other teams. But yeah. if they won one game, they had the same amount of points as a minor premiership. Yeah. And then they moved on everyone from that roster. Yeah. Like and and yeah. we had yeah, like whose fault's that? It's yeah. not the players' fault. Yeah, no way. Um, and so such huge decisions were made that we are going to take at least two to three years to recover from. Yeah. So speaking of coming last, everyone's favourite for the spoon, my team, the Dragons. 
Do you agree with the spoon? Well, it's going to be or? tough. Uh, Broncos Dragons is going to be a tough year. Really? I just you you know I just it's going to be a tough year in my opinion. Just they've they're, they're all they're both going through essentially the same thing. Yeah. You know, they made some big decisions two years ago, you know, or two or three years ago that haven't seemed to worked out the way they thought. So they're kind of both in a position where they need to get the best out of their roster. I think the Dragons probably have a, a better roster. You think so? Well, yeah. You look at their spine, like yeah. you know Ben Hunt, uh, yeah. Corey Norman. Um, then you've got ah oh, fuck, who's the who's the nine from this year? McCulloch's the McCulloch, nine from yeah. now. Um, then you've got uh, you know you got Tarek Sims who can play. Paul Vaughan's an origin yeah. forward. Um, but the thing, yeah, as I said, they're both in years where you can tell the coach is kind of like. If this doesn't work, I'm yeah. cleaning this shit out. Yeah, yeah. Um, not not saying the players are shit, but I'm cleaning the club out, sorry. Um, Cam McInnes is a perfect example of that. I think Anthony Griffin has gone, look, yes, he is loved by the players. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he is a good player, absolutely. Yeah. But 750K. Yeah. Or I can pay Andrew McCulloch, who is maybe not playing as well, but is a solid hooker. Yeah. Pay him 250K. Yeah. And also on top of that, I need. I, I think Hook's... Yeah. On the road to a clean out. Yeah. So he's saying, I need to move the old guard on. Yeah. The old guard is McInnes. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad, the power and the loyalty that McInnes has with the yeah. players. Again, everyone is saying this is all assumptions. There's yeah. no evidence to back any of this up yeah. other than the fact that he's moved him on. Yeah. So I think it was an example of saying basically, I, that, that's the old guy. Everyone's loyal to him. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like when a new manager comes in. Yeah. He, he'll sack the whole team. It has nothing to do with the people that were working there. It has more to do with he's the new manager now. He can't afford to have people going, oh, the old fucking guy was yeah. better. This is how we used to do it. This yeah. is how we used to do it. He needs to come in and be like, everyone gone. This is the way I do things. I don't want to hear nothing about. And if he gets new people in, they're his people. Yeah, that's right. Cam McInnes may kill it at the Sharks next year, but yep. you're right. It's a money ball aspect. People will say, oh, is, Mc is McCulloch better than McInnes? Probably not at this stage in his career, but for the dollar value, uh, you know, Is McInnes three times the player? Yeah, yeah. McCulloch is. And for the Dragons, like, it's tough because we've got, and I say we because I'm a fan, but we've got essentially a million dollars of salary cap space on the on the bench with Jack DeBellin and Cam McInnes yep. all year, mm. pretty much. I think they got exempt with DeBellin, though, don't they? Did they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I hope I'm so. pretty sure they're exempt with DeBellin. But what it means is our young guys, so Jaden Sullivan, Eddie Blacker, the Guy twins, Zach Lomax, these guys need to punch well above their weight. And the good thing is there's not, there's not as much pressure on the Dragons this year because everyone's expecting them to come last. So when mm. everyone's expecting you to be shit, mm. you can turn it on. Yeah. So uh, yeah. The, the positive as well is that Anthony Griffin coached McCulloch, Hunt, yeah. and Norman yeah. through under twenties. Yeah. So that combination has been there before. Yeah. The only problem is, is like I don't think it's the youth the problem with Dragons. Mm. I think that they're just struggling to find that that experienced winner. Yeah. You know, like that older guy that knows about culture. Yeah. It's like that's why James Graham was so good for them. Yeah. Yeah. He said to all like he had the respect of every player, so he said can say to them all, "This is what we're fucking doing." Yeah. And this is the way it is. Whereas at the moment, like, who is that guy for the Dragons yeah. right now? Who's the guy that says, I've, I've earned the fucking stripes. I've been here forever. This is the way it is. There's no one there. Hunt's the closest, but is he that winner? Well, you he, know? well he's a winner, but he's not that type of guy. I think he's the, not James Graham. I think the captaincy is going to do a lot for him. Yeah. Um, and I really like like co some coaching appointments, like Jamie Soward's involved with the club again. Mm. Him working with, like, Normie and Hunt to get – because he's one of the best game management Look, managers of Hunt, all time. Hunt can be the best seven in the comp. He That's can. what's crazy. It's, yeah. it's like – 
yes, it's ever since, you know, pretty much 2015, he's struggled. Absolutely. There's no denying that. But he has these moments of brilliance where you're like, there it is. Yeah. That running game. But then you, and there's other moments where you're like, why did you kick on the third yeah, or, yeah, or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not, not saying that Hunt, Honey can't do it. I, I love Ben Hunt. Fantastic bloke and gets way more slack than he should. Um, I think it's died down a little bit. I think a lot of people have realized that treating fucking players like that, even, yeah. even if you may not rate them, just say you don't rate them. Don't fucking, you know, bring the, everything else into it. He can, him and Normie have the talent yeah. to be a top four side. Yeah. It's just whether they actually, they execute it or not. Love it, man. Last question. I'm going to take it back to the international game. Ryan Chingy, he goes, I, wa- I want to know Kempi's uh, thoughts on and opinions on international happenings. Mm. What are your thoughts on international rugby league at the moment where it stands? Mm. Where does, what does it look like in 10 years or what do we need to do to get to a better position? Man, it's so it's just so tough. Like yeah. you know, the way I feel about it right now, it's like it upsets me that rugby union is so big and yeah. we are so small. Yeah. Like it, it upsets me. We have the better product. Yeah, like we it, there is no de- denying it. That's not coming from a bias standpoint. You can't like look at Australia and how much people don't enjoy rugby union. They yeah. had a fair crack ten years ago. They had fifty million in the bank, yeah. and they were like they have more. They had more weapons in their just. Dis- their bag than we did. They've yeah. got the World Cup. They got the Wallabies. They got the comp. They got an international comp, and yet they didn't execute it because the 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 product is boring. Yeah, um, there's some incredible players. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I understand if you know it's like soccer. Like, if you know it, it's more enjoyable to watch. But rugby league as a product is it suits this generation of people much more. Yeah. It's explosive. There's hits all the time. It's fast moving. There's not kicking all the time. So. Look, I just think that they should take a lot of the leaf out of the MMA book. I, I personally believe, like, I understand it's tough because, like, concussion and that is a very serious thing. Yeah. But you basically want to go, like, let's let's make the game as exciting as possible and then, like, show those, like, get yeah. those clips out there yeah. um, to show that, like, 10 years ago, MMA was nothing. So, it can happen because they've got an exciting product and, obviously, Dana White is a, basically a business genius but we just need to invest the right amount of money into the the world game. I think like the world sevens can help. Like yeah. that, that that helps rugby union a lot. Yeah. Um. So like a world nines kind of game. Yeah. But it's just a matter of like, can we find investors or something yeah. that can like maybe own a percentage of the world game or something? Get some capital to just at for, at first don't focus on the local leagues internationally. Just focus on getting like seventeen quality players in each country yeah. or like you know fifteen twenty countries. So you can make an enjoyable World Cup. Yeah. Um, but again, it's such a complex issue. It's like, yeah, it's above my head. That's for sure. We probably need hours and hours and hours oh, to, to know still that. Still wouldn't find the answer. That's for sure. <laughs> All good, man. Denon, everyone knows where to follow you. But tell, tell them where can they follow you? Where can they find you? Where can they buy the beer? Um, well, if you go to our website www.blokeinabar.com, just put in your postcode or your suburb, and it will show a store locator. So like a store close to you that has it. Yeah. We're in pretty much every state in the uh, the country at the moment in Australia. We're not in New Zealand yet. We're trying to, but that's a big, big effort. Um, we'll be in Northern Territory soon. We're going to be, I'm pretty sure we'll be in W, are we in WA? We might be in, no, we're, we're going to be in WA soon. We're in SA. We're in New South Wales, Victoria, ACT, Queensland, Tasmania. Um, and then, yeah, at Bloke in a Bar Instagram, the locker room on Facebook, Bloke in a Bar on YouTube, Bloke in a Bar in the podcast app. What's the traction like in non-footy or non-NRL Areas. We haven't really pushed it, but yeah. obviously it's not as big. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but we we have some plans to make sure that you know non-footy areas are going to be taken care of in the next you know twelve to twenty-four months. Good on you, man! Congrats on all your success, thank and you. thank you for your time. Thanks for chasing kangaroos with me tonight. Boom! Thank you. 
Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by Matt Haynes Sport. We are mixed and produced by Paul Murchison. Our theme music was written and recorded by Ash Barco and Ricky Cancino. The podcast is hosted by me, Michael Carboni, and The Biggest Tiger. Views are our own. Thank you.